Hi, this is Daryl Vidal from The Karate Kid, and you're listening to Cobra Kai Companion. to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter, and for today's episode, we have an interview with one Daryl Vidal. Mr. Vidal, who has achieved the rank of Grandmaster back in 2013, received the Silver Life Achievement Award at the Masters Hall of Fame. He also shares stories about filming The Karate Kid, and also some of the inspirations into creating what we know as the Crane Kick. He also talks about his relationship with Ralph Macchio, Sensei Ron Thomas, and a brief story about something that happened with Billy Zapka a long time ago. And here is our conversation. Oh, Mr. Vidal? Yeah. Oh, this is Peter. Okay, Peter. I'm on. I understand that prior to being involved with the film Karate Kid, you had some previous martial arts background. And I believe it was Bruce Lee and his film, Enter the Dragon, that inspired you to get into martial arts? Yeah, absolutely. And all the whole, the whole kung fu movie genre of the 70s, definitely. And how long did you do martial arts before you got involved with the, uh, the film of The Karate Kid? Oh, I w- always been... I wasn't that young. I mean, I think I probably started dabbling when I was 11 or 12. My brother started, and then... I uh, started more seriously as my dojo when I was like 14, 13 or 14. And what was it that you signed on for? Was it just to be uh, a part of the tournament? Because you are also credited as the one uh, who came up with the crane kick. Yeah, you know, um, so the way it worked out is they scouted me at a tournament, a karate tournament. Ooh where I was doing the Kana competition. And so after they brought me in to kind of audition, they originally had me doing the crane technique. They wanted someone who could do this crane technique, which was described by the writer, Robert Kamen. And then, you know, I kind of added some moves to make it a complete technique, if you will. And then... They wanted to kind of highlight my skills to bring some other realism to the tournament. And so they had me play, you know, a part in tournament scenes. So that's kind of how that all worked out. I believe I also read that uh, you were the one on the stump at the beach doing the crane kick as Pat Morita stunt double. Yes, yeah. Can you tell me what you recall uh, about uh, filming that scene and what it was like just working with Pat Morita and Ralph Macchio? Well, it was a great memory of a lifetime because I was in my 20s. I was a hotshot karate guy. And here I was getting put in this movie. You know, Pat Morita was obviously Arnold from Happy Days. (laughs) So that was how I had remembered him. And uh, so we got along great. We didn't spend a ton of time together, but... During the, you know, we had a six week rehearsal period where we met several times and 
doing other rehearsals of the tournament stuff, and we got to hang out a little bit. So, you know, we were in the, at the beach, and um, yeah, you know, they have these posts up there in the beach, and I can remember it. You know, you can almost envision it because you have that long shot at the beach and me up on the stump. I can remember that the stump actually was an old wooden piling that they had buried you know they had like three or four of them that had they had buried as if it was like a broken pier or something but those were put there but the one that they wanted me to do it on actually had a hole it was kind of like corroded at the top so it wasn't flat it was only like half of it was flat that i could actually stand on so i ended up having to do it yeah they still did it but it was a little precarious but you know once in a lifetime deal you gotta try your best (laughs) Did you do any other stunts for Pat Morita? Was it just that beach scene? That was it. That was it. Yeah, Fumio Demora did all the other fight scenes with Pat. Right. Yeah, I, I've seen uh, many pictures of, with him and Pat Morita, and obviously he did the stunt when he took down the the Cobras over the, after the Halloween dance. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and what do you recall about uh, filming the tournament scene, and what was it like working with John G. Avildsen? Uh, he was great, I tell you. I was a martial artist, not a not an actor, so this was my first exposure to Hollywood. And um, so I didn't have a lot of interaction with him, but we did talk. And, you know, my, my greatest memory of him is that for probably 10 or 12 years, I would get a Christmas card from him every year. And I'm like, wow, I was this extra in this movie. And this... Oscar winning director is, you know, sending me Christmas cards. So that he was great in that respect. And, um, you know, he had a great vision of how to film this, these karate scenes. Cause I will tell you that, you know, being a tournament fighter and a boxer and a wrestler, I, well, watching the filming was, was kind of funny because like, Oh God, these guys don't look real, realistic at all. You know, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they have these real karate judges up there, but the, the fights were really bad. And then when they came out on the screen, it's well, you know what? It's all about the shot. You know, they really came out and uh, made it believable. You know, I think anybody who really trains can tell, but it's still the, the longevity of this movie is just amazing. I can't believe that people still watch it and how, how popular it continues to be. I mean, he had a pretty good eye, right? Because um, I, I think many, at least the hardcore fans, know that his rever- uh, rehearsal tapes are available on YouTube to watch. You know, so he has shot the entire movie before filming yeah. the actual movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember that. I remember watching him do that and saying, "Wow, this guy is using a video camera and getting every shot." And then you can see the differences where things we might have changed slightly, but there were parts that were, you know, exactly as he had envisioned it in his video shot. Yeah, he had great vision. Did you have any part with, like, uh, any of the choreography, maybe working with, like, Pat Johnson or anything during those fight scenes? Yeah, I would say during the tournament, for six weeks before they started shooting, he had all the Cobra Kai's trained together. Uh, and then, so Pat would train with the Cobra Kai's in the morning, and I would train with them. And then in the afternoon, he would train with Pat and Ralph. So there was actually separation between them. Uh, and so when we got around to filming the tournament scenes, you know, I, w- I had plenty to offer, and they were willing to let me, 
you know, offer some and use some of those moves, definitely. Did you um, build any relationships with uh, any of the Cobra guys? Yeah, I would tell you that um, we all became good acquaintances. I wouldn't say best friends or anything like that, but with Facebook coming back, I've become pretty good friends more recently with Ron Thomas. He was the guy who played Bobby Brown and played golf. He's, he's out here, lives near me in Southern Cal. So. Oh, very nice guy. We've been very fortunate enough to interview him as well. Matter of fact, I think I actually saw a um, you know conversation between you two on Facebook because I do follow the both of you. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. You, you know, you mentioned Bruce Lee was an inspiration. How old were you when you got into martial arts and what were some of the things that you did? Because uh, I also read that you did the uh, Filipino stick fighting. Uh, when I lived in Chino, I had um, a couple different experiences. Well, first, is when I lived in San Diego, which is like uh, 68 or so when I was younger, 10 or 11, my brother was taking karate, and he would bring it back and show us. I had two other brothers, I mean two brothers, so he would show us, and so you know, I learned to do the stances and the kicks, and, and then... Um, one of our neighbors, when I lived in Chino, had studied stick fighting. And so he would show me some of the basic stick accounts and Wally stuff, some of the early stick fundamentals, really. But I always loved it and tried to practice it and learn more any time I could. And then about the same time, I started taking karate from my current instructor, Joe Rosas. Uh, in Chino, that's about 14 years old, and through that time is when I started doing a lot of competition and going to LA to, you know, to do the tournaments and got my brow belt. This really when I was doing the most competition, and then also about that time in high school, I had been wrestling for a couple of years, but then in my senior year, I actually was boxing for a while. Uh, so I think uh, for a year and a full year and a half I boxed, and so you know I I feel like I was trying to get myself well rounded in, in art, you know, which is obviously what Jeet Kune Do is all about with Bruce Lee, and you know, and then obviously or not obviously, but anybody who follows Bruce Lee wants to do Wing Chun. So one of my my buddies from high school had had gone to Washington to uh, study with Jim DeMille, who is one of Bruce Lee's students who taught Wing Chun. So he stayed with him for a while. I think it was a year he stayed there. And then when he came back, you know, he showed me some Wing Chun and started to, you know, learn the Chi Sao and, you know, some Nakata. So that was kind of my rounding. So by the time I turned 18, I uh, tested for my black belt competing in L.A. tournaments. John Alvinson, the director, uh, you know that he's also the director of Rocky, right? Yes. So he's at the tournament with his uh, assistant director, and they see me there. I had won the Kata division or whatever, and uh, they came and talked to me and said, hey, how would you like to be in a movie? And I'm, I'm, you know, of course, I flipped out. I just, I know, of course, I love the idea, but, you know, in, in my mind, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what could happen? Uh, so it was a great, great, you know, a great happening, you know, the rest is history, I guess. 
Now, you, you mentioned it was uh, Robert Mark Kamen who wrote it in the script, this, this, this crane kick. How did you go about you know, creating it, and did you take uh, any inspirations from any type of other techniques to make it to what we know it as today? Yes. So the way Kamen describes it in uh, the actual script, which you can actually find and read, it's like on page 75 or something. He, he describes standing on one leg, arms out, jumping into the air, uh, and kick, kicking and then landing. And I think, I don't know if it's written, but the idea was that it would be the same foot. You would stand, kick, and then land on the same foot. So after he told me that, and we practiced it a few times, I was like, yeah, you know, if we do it just like a traditional double jump kick in karate where you, you know, pump the leg and then do the following kick, you can do that and we can do it this way. Then the director said, you know, more or less, you have to do something with your hands. So that's where I started to bring, I brought in the, uh, like the hand cover guard of, you know, the Wing Chun style, but then crouched it over into a you know, a cat stance or a crane stance, whichever you want to call it with the knee up. Uh, we call that a cat stance in our system. So I would kind of bend down or crouch down and then bring the arms up to the outside, which is what he described, arms outside like a bird, and then do the kick. So the whole little motion with the arms is something that I put together, and then the kick is more or less you know, a double jump kick. So that's how I kind of, because I want to be careful. A lot of people have said, oh, you invented the crane kick. And then there's been debate that the kick is not unique or original. And it isn't. It's, I think every karate system has some sort of jumping kick or pump kick or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to take credit where credit's not due. I mean, you know, the writer described it. We took something from different styles. I put it together. You know, whether I invented it or not, I don't really, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely credited with, with, with that. So, um, yeah, I, it's very iconic, obviously. Everybody knows it if they've seen uh, The Karate Kid. Even if you haven't seen Karate Kid and know it in pop culture, they are very familiar with that kick. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, the, the last time we spoke, uh, I was uh, about to ask you if you remembered like anything that happened behind the scenes, maybe in between takes, whether it was on the beach or during the tournament scene. Oh, uh, well, well, like, like I mentioned to you before the move, before we started filming, just a little, little timeline. A lot of the rehearsals were in the summer of 1983 and then the filming actually started in October of 83 and finished through the end of the year. So by the time we started filming like the beach scenes, which, which was the end of October, I had spent like several weeks that summer with the Cobra Kai guys and Pat Johnson. And we would train and, you know, work on fight scenes. Um, and then there was this big blank spot because, you know, we went from rehearsing to the filming of the begin the beginning of the filming, which was in October. So 
remembering back, there was a couple of month break between when we were kind of together in the summertime and then got to the beach when we first started doing that. And so the beach is where the, um, the soccer ball scene and the fire and the motorcycles come down. But that's also the time that we shot the crane kick and, and the kid doing the, the crane kicks into the ocean. So they kind of did a bunch of shots, you know, when they were at the beach during that week or two. So just try to remember some things in there. Cause I'm, you know, I oh, yeah. now by this, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I think probably that during that time when we were going to, we were at the beach, I was actually probably hanging around with like Billy Zabka and I can remember riding him. We were, he would drive, we would maybe go, can't remember, we'd go to dinner or something. We were going somewhere in his car. I can't even really pull out much more of the memory what we would, were doing, but we were in this car and we're at the, at, it's up in Lake Leo, Korea near Zuma beach. And he would, uh, it got dark and one of his headlights was out. So we're driving on and it was dark and he had to have his brights on. And so <laughs> like, Come on, man. we're going to get killed out here. And, but that, it, that, you know, that's not really a, a big story, but I don't know. It was something that, and I thought of yeah. there's another another maybe little trivia that is from the beach scene is right at the very opening of the movie when they're they're at the beach there's a long shot where the kid the guys are playing soccer and they're kicking the soccer ball and it goes from a long shot and it kind of goes to where the girls are you know where he kicks the ball and the girls and stuff like that right. so at the beginning at the beginning of the shot I am I am in the background uh, with a football, throwing a football to nobody. I'm just kind of throwing it up in the <laughs> air. Uh, so, but he wanted somebody at, in the long shot so he could focus there and then pull out. So, it's actually, I have another appearance that I have that doesn't show up anywhere. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. And also, that about that time um, when we actually got to filming the crane kick, Pat was there, obviously. And the guy, I tell you, Pat Morita, was just a, a wonderful, funny guy. So, you know, we got to hang out during that time. It wasn't more than a week or so, but, uh, you know, uh, he was kind of like my buddy during that little time of shooting. So when I actually got the the makeup on, we kind of paraded around the set, and, um, you know, people we were, you know, hey, you guys look the same or whatever, you know, because I was a stunt <laughs> double for that, that shit. Shoot, right. But I I so regret that we had, somebody took a Polaroid and I had it for a few years, but you know, you never, those things don't last. And then I just have this great memory of that picture where we were standing next to each other, but I, it didn't make it into the digital age. So it's, right. it's gone. Um, yeah. It's so. still a pretty cool memory to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're making me kind of go back and know the end of the, past and thinking things i haven't thought of in a long time oh yeah this, this is stuff that our listeners really enjoy um what, what is your relationship with ralph macchio and william zapka like have been um been over the years um pretty sparse actually but i do bump into them the last time i saw billy was at one of the they, we have this event called dragon fest every year i don't know if you've seen it i think it's um, in georgia 
No, it's actually here in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. It's coming up in August. You know, I have two Facebooks, right? I have Daryl Vidal and I have Vidal Kempo. Yes. So on, on that Vidal Kempo, you'll see uh, probably in both of them. You'll, if you take a look at the Martial Arts History Museum, every year they host a, an event called Dragon Fest in Burbank. This It'll be Burbank this year in the last few years. And they get a lot of uh, a lot of the martial arts stars will be there. If you go to that website, you'll see an amazing array of pictures of people that you recognize. But um, so we had one year where we did have quite a few. The Cobra Kai, Billy was there, Tony O'Dell, uh, Pat Johnson was there, uh, myself and and Ron Thomas. Uh, and the last couple of years, Ron has come with me because you know I get a booth and he usually does one next to me. So, um, yeah, I get to see Ron every now and then. We play golf here in Southern California. The last time I saw Ralph was at, there was a screening. And if you look around, you'll see that there was a movie, a documentary called uh, John G. Avildsen, King of the Underdogs. He's the director of Karate Kid, also the director of Rocky. So uh, this documentary is all about John, and a lo- obviously a lot of it is about the Karate Kid. And during the screening of that movie, Ralph came out from New York, and and he came out for a couple in the screening, and then also for a film festival in, in Santa Barbara. So that's probably the last time I saw him. And I gotta say, he's a really nice guy. I mean, even after 30 years, you know, we haven't really communicated at all. But when he sees me, he's hey, Daryl, you know, how are you doing? You know, kind of like we've been old friends. So he's really nice. And the other guy who's a really, really nice guy is Martin Cove, who I've seen more often because he, he is in L.A. Right. And goes to a lot of these things. So yeah, I've seen him a few times and he, he's a really fun guy and he's really nice. And so, yeah, <laughs> Martin Cove. Yeah, we've been uh, fortunate enough to um, interview Martin Cove as well, uh, and he just had some really amazing stories, um, one of which he shared that he actually played uh, tennis with Sean Connery, and uh, oh, that, wow. was, <laughs> that was a very interesting story. Uh, but also last, gosh, was it last September, um, Martin Cove, Ralph Macchio, and Billy Zapka all came to Portland for the Rose City Comic Con, and I was very fortunate enough to have met them, and all, all of them were very nice. Yeah, yeah. Had, did you get a chance to catch the um, Cobra Kai show on YouTube? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, well, my wife and I binge watched the whole thing, and I probably watched it a second time. I, I really liked it. I think they they really did a great job of uh, uh, catching all the cliches and turning them, twisting them around and throwing yeah. them back at us for a good laugh. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, people, you know, will talk to me and say, hey, have you watched it? How are you, they going to put you in it? And, uh, you know, the way I look at it is they're, they're telling the forward story, you know, the, about the family and the kids and all that stuff. I don't, I don't see them coming back and bringing back people except for like Marty Cove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, uh, you know, the other guy from Karate Kid 3, uh, which would make sense, Barnes. Yeah. But just here's a funny story is they did contact me because they've used a couple of clips from the original movie that I was in uh, of me. So, you know, I had to sign some permission slips and all that kind of stuff. But in the email, I said, I want them to know that I still train, you know, so I... I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> 
they sent him a link to a YouTube video that there is of me knocking somebody out. It's called Daryl Vidal Knockout. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, so I said, hey, I'm still training. Here's a video of me. Uh, and then uh, I also told him I, I also look like Mr. Miyagi now. So <laughs> <laughs> they appreciated it. But uh, I think, like I said, they have a, a good thing going. Yeah. Now, I, I would like to get your thoughts on this. What went through your mind in that very last episode, you know, the tournament scene? What did you think about when you saw Miguel do the crane kick? Oh, I, you know, I knew that they had to do it sometime. And didn't he do it earlier, too? Yeah, it was like one of the first things he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think they had to to use it because it's so iconic. And then I think the fact that they it doesn't work, I think, is great because it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I, I got a big laugh out of it. And we got a couple more minutes here, and then we'll get ready to wrap up. Uh, sure. what, what else do you have going on for you? I saw that you are in, I don't know if the movie's already been released, but, uh, do you play a cop in something coming up? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Robert Parham is a producer, director, actor, guy, martial artist who I met through, um, the martial arts hall of fame. He has this project that you can read about on online called bullets, blades and blood, I believe. And, I'm cast in one of the parts. That's about all I can say about it at this point. I, it's not done, and I don't know when it will be done. So I'm excited to hear more about it, too. <laughs> How's that? Oh, yeah. Anything else that you can share that uh, listeners can um, check out? You, you mentioned that video clip of you knocking somebody out, which uh, I'll find the link and I'll put that in the show notes, so that way it's easier for them to access. But any, any anything else you want to... Uh, promote for yourself? Uh, well, I gosh, I don't want to sound weird or anything. I, I'm not, not really, you know, I, I, I teach here in Murrieta. Uh, I've been teaching through the Parks and Rec here for 30 years. And, you know, so my program here is, has been going on and on and I'm uh, very happy about it. I also teach, uh, you know, a Filipino stick fighting class, which Quite frankly, I, I wish I could get more students in, but it's it's only a couple Monday, every other Monday. So I think it's hard for people to get that going on their schedule. But the, I have a joke about that because, you know, I'm Filipino and I've always done stick fighting, but I've never gotten any kind of formal, you know, ranking because I trained with many, many different people. So when I started teaching here, I kind of developed my own Murrieta stick fighting club system. And there's quite, you know, it's grown here in Marietta. We were, when I moved here 30 years ago, there were 20,000 people. And now there's over 100,000 in this valley. And in Tobacco, there's another 100,000. And there's a lot of, you know, little Asians, a lot of Filipino people. Um, so my joke is, I can't get the Filipino boys interested because they're all too busy breakdancing. <laughs> <laughs> is that still a thing? I, I'd imagine it is. Oh yeah, that's what they that's what they do. I I don't want to say anything derogatory because you know they're not tall enough for basketball, big enough for football. Uh, but they are great break dancers. But I would think they'd be interested in stick fighting and knife fighting. But I maybe I'm just not promoting it well, you know. <laughs> And that concludes my conversation with Mr. Vidal. I want to thank him again for giving me the opportunity to speak with him and hear some of his uh, fantastic stories. 
For anyone that's interested in the video that he was discussing where he knocked somebody out, I will include that link in the show notes. And I also want to thank everybody that has supported us, supported this show thus far. You can further show your support by leaving an iTunes review for our podcast if you have not yet already done so. And there are also many places where you can follow us to stay up to date with the things that we release and the content that we produce. On Twitter, you can find us at Cobra Kai Pod. On Instagram, Cobra Kai Podcast. And also we have a Facebook group page where you can search www.cobrakai.tv.amb group and you spell out the words period. If you enjoyed this episode, consider going back and checking out some of the other ones if you've already missed it. We've also spoken with Martin Cove, Sensei Ron Thomas, Sean Kanan, Sensei William Christopher Ford, and also Israel Warbe. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Court Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.